Hey everybody, welcome to Food and Flights. This is episode 14, Spooky Stuff in Salem. Let's get ready for takeoff. Allie and I are fresh from our trip uh, to Boston and Salem, and we're going to talk about how it went. Yeah. So we've been planning this trip for what feels like forever, but I think it's been like two or three years. Yeah, I think about three years ago we talked about it, and then we were like, oh, we're going to do this in 2020. That would be the perfect time to do it. And clearly that was not the perfect time yeah, to that do was it. Not the- well, I mean, and truthfully, like, we had our wedding reception in 2019. You got married in 2020. So, I mean, it was it all worked out, but we definitely were trying to plan it sooner than what we did. But COVID got in the way. Other stuff got in the way. So we finally went this year. Like I said, it's been two years in the making. Um, Which I'm glad we didn't go last year because last year they really kind of canceled everything. You had to did. have – I don't know if you had to have a vaccine at the time, but there was just a lot of things you had to do to even go – like fly to Boston um, or Massachusetts in general. Mm-hmm. And they canceled their whole, like, haunted happenings yeah. that they have, which they do for the whole month of October. Yeah. So, like I said, we've been planning this for a while. Um, so, I guess one of the biggest reasons we wanted to go is Ellie and I are, like, super Halloween junkies. Like, everything spooky, everything Halloween. And Salem is, like, the epitome of Halloween. Like, it is everything Halloween. So, we knew it was on our bucket list. We knew we wanted to go. Um, right. For those of you who have been listening for a long time, you'll remember that I believe it's our second episode. We actually went to Waverly Hills Sanatorium for our Halloween episode, and that was kind of in place of Salem. Yeah, you're right. It was in place of Salem. We, I mean, we had a really good time, but it yeah, it was it was not what we you know it was not Salem. It's yeah. not what we really wanted. So let's talk a little bit about planning this trip. Um, we knew Salem was going to be super busy this time of the year. Uh, especially because the people who weren't able to go last year went this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of, we already knew going into this that we were going to have to deal with lots of people. Um, so we booked ahead for basically everything. I think we booked our plane tickets. Was it the spring? Yeah, I think it was. We, we put a... Like tra- May? Yeah, we were looking on like Hopper, I remember, for a long time to try to find... Some cheaper tickets. Would you like to explain the ticket story? (laughs) Which ticket story? Because I feel like there's a million. There's a couple. Well, so first when we booked our plane tickets, we actually booked through Spirit. We booked through Spirit. um, And everybody just knows how Spirit works. It is not um, the best airline to fly through. I mean, it's not the worst. Shelby was already like, Allie, no, I'm not doing Spirit. Yeah, I was like, I haven't had a terrible experience with Spirit. Um... But I just know how they operate, and so I was nervous. So anyway, we ended up booking with Spirit, um, and then I think in, like, was it June? We got an email saying that they, June or July, we got an email saying that they changed our flight. Yeah, but the problem was the flight was changed to where originally we were coming in on Saturday early in the morning, and then we were leaving later in the night on Wednesday, and it changed to us still leaving in the morning on Saturday, but then having a 13-hour layover in Georgia... 
and then same thing on the way back. So what, what I thought it was been? Orlando. Either way, it was Either somewhere way. in the south. Yeah. Yeah. So what? What would have been, been like an hour and a half trip would be like a whole day. I'm yeah. like, I am not leaving Detroit to go to Orlando to then or Georgia or whatever to then go to Boston. Like, I could drive there in that amount of time. Yeah. So unfortunately, I was the one who booked the tickets. So I was the lovely one who got to um, be on hold for three hours with spirit to get our plane tickets changed. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Um, they didn't actually have any other openings, so I got a full refund from them, which was actually pretty awesome. And then you actually found the Delta flights. Yeah. Thank the Lord for Delta. Um, yeah, I found straight flights from Detroit to Boston, basically the same time that we wanted to go for, Mm -hmm. I think like a little under $200 each. Yeah. So we booked with them. Um, so then we were squared away with our plane tickets. Yeah. But then once again, nothing can be easy with us. And so we had another, we had a snafu with our Airbnb that we had originally booked. Yeah. So when we were looking at Airbnbs, we actually looked way ahead of time. And just going off of if you ever want to go to Salem during Halloween, you definitely want to book ahead of time. If you are doing an Airbnb or a hotel, um, hotels are going to be expensive, especially during that time of the year. And Airbnbs are very, very slim. So... I found an Airbnb. Um, it actually was like a guest house, um, which we normally don't do. We usually like doing yeah. the full um, house to ourselves. But once again, good location, not very many Airbnbs. It was cheaper. So it looked really clean, good reviews. So we booked that and we were like, oh yeah, everything's good to go. And then what, a month before we left? Yeah, literally a month because I think that there might be a policy like you have to, if the host wants to cancel, they have to cancel like... okay. So literally a month before we leave to go to Salem, they cancel on us because you said that they were going to sell the house. Yeah, they told me they were going to sell the house, so they had to cancel, um, and instantly I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to stay outside of Salem, which is just going to be terrible because the whole point of going to this was to be in Salem, like enjoy our time there. Um, So I was kind of freaking out. Um, I know you were, like, sending me stuff outside of the city, and I was just, I was so Yeah, because that was the only thing I could find. I mean, I found Airbnbs in Salem, but they were, like, $700 a night, and they were, like, five-bedroom, and I'm like, we don't need that. Nor no. do I want to spend, like, two grand on yeah, an Airbnb. Exactly. So we were kind of coming to terms with, like, maybe we're going to have to stay outside of the city. Um, Which but- I will say, I mean, I've never been to Salem. I've only, like, I've, you know, seen stuff on Pinterest. I've seen other people go to it. But I was a little nervous because I had seen where some people said that, like, you, you'll you run out of things to do by day two. So I was a little nervous, like, to stay in Salem because I was like, we're going to run out of things to do. And then if we want to go back to Boston, we're going to have to drive, which is a 40-minute right. drive. So I was a little nervous about that. But luckily, we were able to find. Yeah. So I was checking, like, every day. Um, I was giving myself one week. And I'm like, okay, if it doesn't work out, we will stay outside of the city. About halfway through the week, um, a random Airbnb popped up early in the morning. And it was right downtown. Um, it was an apartment all by itself. One bedroom. Um, or not even a bedroom. It was, like, a studio almost. Yeah. And it was in our price range from our previous uh, Airbnb. And so I was like, we have to book this. So I sent it to you, like, I remember super early in the morning. And you were like, sounds good to me. And I booked it right away. And, yeah, I think it was probably one of the highlights of the trip. Yeah, honestly. it definitely. I don't think we could have ever gotten. Like, we were so lucky. Like, yeah. I mean, we can go more in the Airbnb, like, details later. But, yeah, we were very lucky. I'm very happy that we were able to rebook very quickly. Um, 
because one of the things about Salem is it's if you're from Michigan, I think what we can compare it to is like Traverse City in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's not like a lot of huge hotels. Or there's also, not like a huge. If you're also from Michigan, I would compare it to like Traverse City mixed with Mackinac Island. Yeah, because um, of tourists. Yeah. It's very spread out. Um, it the downtown area does remind me of like Mackinac Island in the sense that it's this long strip. It's super cute, and there's a million people shoved in it because it's you know the time of year yeah um yeah so if you're going to go to salem i mean maybe even boston definitely book your airbnb early or your hotel um that way in case things come up like at least you you can figure it out but you have something in place yeah so we have our plane tickets we had our hotel um and then just as far as like specifically in salem a lot of these events that we learned you have to book um, no more than a week out or the day of yeah. because they're so busy. If you go to Salem around, you know, fall, October when it's their peak season, the way that certain venues or places or events sell tickets is very specific. So make sure you know because they're all different. They're all different. Like some places you have to go get the tickets in person. Yeah. Other you have to book online. Sometimes you have to print out the ticket or you can show your phone. So just make sure you know what you need. And definitely look ahead because, I mean, when we were at the witch house, which we'll talk about more in a minute, people were literally coming up to the door saying, like, oh, we want to visit today. And they're like, yeah, we, we were we sold, sold out. out. Like, yeah. we literally put tickets on a week in advance. You have to wait. I mean, we waited. Was it midnight or something? Or the Friday yeah. before. Yeah. We kept refreshing the page to find tickets. So you have to be on it because that's just the way it is. Yeah. And the hard thing too was when we were first looking at what we wanted to do and where we wanted to go, I was like, well, let's just book, you know, whatever we can right away. I think I started looking in June or July and there wasn't even information mm-hmm. on some of these um, because some of it is seasonal. And there well, I think COVID played a factor too, because I know last year they weren't able to do a lot of the stuff. And yeah. when I had looked a month before we left, like when I looked in September, <clears throat> it said you had to have a no- negative COVID vaccine or negative COVID test in order to enter any indoor building. So I was a little nervous right? because I was like, okay, we can do that. But like, we just have to figure that out because yeah, it has to be it, done within 72 hours of you getting there. So I'm like, right. okay, we have to like, just make this work. They ended up not having that. They like lessened their restrictions a little bit. Um, But, yeah, like you said, you know, everything is kind of like – I think they really played it by ear, and I think COVID really had an impact on how events happened this year too. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Going back to the ticket thing, there's just a lot of planning you do have to do. You do have to look this stuff up ahead of time. Otherwise, you're going to be able to miss some things. Um, But once again, I mean, we like to make the most of our trip. Um, We definitely had – you know, we can talk about it a little bit later, but we definitely had some great downtime in yeah. between. Um, so that was fun. But yeah, do we want to just like jump right in and start talking about this? Yeah. So I, I do want to say make an itinerary. I know it sounds really like monotonous, but it helped me so much visualize what we were doing when, because I was really overwhelmed in planning and looking all these places up. Like I said, I've never been to Salem. I've only heard about like the events you can do. And there's a lot you can do there. There truly is yeah. a ton you can do there. Um, I think, I I mean, we spent like two or three days there and I still felt like I could have spent more time there. Oh, for sure. So make an itinerary so you know when to book tickets, when to be there. Because specifically, like, there was places that we had, like, our tickets said 7.30, but we had to be there at 7.15 or 7 o'clock. Yeah. And a lot of people miss these events because they don't read their ticket and they don't show up early enough. 
So make an itinerary. Um, and I just, yeah, I was overwhelmed planning. Once I sorted it all out and we, like, you know, figured it out, I felt better. Yeah, I think I was more <laughs> overwhelmed about planning, um, I would say the Airbnb. Like, that just, when we got that email, I was so stressed out. Like, I was, like, seriously, like, mm-hmm. I just thought it was going to ruin the trip. Yeah. Um, not ruin the trip, but just ruin, like, the experience we wanted to have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that was my biggest... Okay, so let's talk about well, let's talk about um let's just talk about the Airbnb in Salem. Okay. What it was like? All right. Um so yeah, the booking process was good. Um we I booked it right away as soon as it came up. Um And so it was rather it was more on like the central part of Salem. We were a block away from the witch house. Yeah, so there wasn't too many like description of how to like check in and check out, but the host was like so she was so good about communication. It was awesome. Uh, we There wasn't a specific time we had to check in, so we just kind of said, you know, this is the time that we're coming. If it changes, we'll let you know. We met up with her. She dropped off the keys. And it was her primary residence. And so it was. we were a little confused, so we found it. And it was on Crombie Street, and I just want to mention that because when I found out it was on Crombie Street, it reminded me of um, Cromwell off of Halloween Town. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. was like, this is just so on point. Um, it really fit the vibe and it was in this old building this old brick building um it had 1832 on written on it Mm -hmm. so i don't know if that's when it was constructed or whatever um so when we got there we were like a little confused because there was two doors and she says it's unit seven or unit five or something like that and so but like the doors were listed seven so i'm like Allie, i don't think we go in this way so we ended up going in this door. We walk in, and it looked like uh, the best way I can describe it was like a town hall, almost like an old town hall. You know, you walk in, and it's like yeah, no apartments in sight, no numbers. There was literally no numbers, no apartments. We walked into an empty room, yeah, with two staircases yeah. on the side, and then this door in the middle, which I thought was a closet or yeah, something, because there was a giant like fire extinguisher thing next yeah. to it. I'm like, there's no way this is a hallway. Yeah. We must have to go upstairs. So meanwhile, we have our luggage in hand, yeah, um, and we shared a suitcase, and it was like 50 pounds, yeah. Um, so we go up these stairs because there's stairs on each like side of the like walls or whatever mm-hmm. on your side. Go up the stair and we are we get up the stairs and then we are greeted again with just a single door. Looks like it could be a closet. So Ellie and I look at each other and we're like, we might be opening the door to somebody's apartment. Like, what is this? Yeah, no numbers either. Nothing. So I like oh, grab the door and I like open it. And then there's a hallway with apartments like yeah, doors. It looks like the shining. Like a little creepy. So we're like, OK, sounds good. So we walk in and we're seeing all these numbers, not seeing number five. I think we probably started at what, like 30 or 20 or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. <clears throat> so we're like, okay, we, we keep going down this hallway, keep going down this hallway. And then we reach another door that looked like the door that we just came yeah, in. So closet. And I'm Once like, again, not knowing well, if we're going to walk into somebody's apartment. Right. And like, it looked like an apartment door, but yeah. it wasn't numbered. So I was like, we're going to just open this up and see what it is. Open it up. Was it another, another ha- hallway? Another hallway. But this, I think there was only like three or four apartments in this little stretch of hallway. Yeah. By now, we're getting a little bit more confident. Okay. We're like, okay, we're in the right place. Let's act like we live here. Let's just strut our stuff down the hallway. Exactly. So then we get to another door, which goes downstairs. And then we go down another hallway when we get down the stairs. And we're at the very, very, very And we are at the very beginning. Well, we thought it was the end. The end. So then we, you know, put all of our stuff away, walk back out, and we're like, oh, we're going to go down where this door is right next to where we're staying and see where this leads. We are back to square one. People. It was the first door that we had seen. So if we just would have walked through that first door, our apartment would have been right there on the left. But we were so stupid. We literally went through the whole apartment complex to find 
Yeah, I felt very intelligent at that moment. Although we we got to know our surroundings very quickly. We did. So anyway, that aside, the apartment was very cute. Like you said, it was a studio. It Mm -hmm. was her primary residence. Um, so like. Her food items were there. Her clothes were there. Um, super clean, though. Super clean. Um, and, I mean, she basically said, like, she's like, don't eat my food, but you can use the spices. Like, anything yeah. else you can pretty much use. Um, and, honestly, I think it's really rare now to find an Airbnb that's like that because mm-hmm. a lot of people look at Airbnb as a business and they just buy these houses and rent them out. So, staying in somebody's, like, house kind of just at, like – it's a different Airbnb experience, you know what I mean? You have to be a little bit more conscious of yeah. what you do and, like, stuff like that. Yeah, also I feel like when you're living in somebody else's home, especially, I mean, I know we were only there for a couple days, but you start to feel like, okay, this is what it would be like mm-hmm. if I live here. You know, you're not yeah. in a house that's being rented out constantly. It's just a whole different feeling. But what was cool about this Airbnb was because this was her primary residence, she actually had a card that she gave us that we could actually use her parking, which was awesome. Um, There was a parking lot across the street. It was super, super crowded um, just because of the time of year. So we actually got to use her card to use the parking garage, which was awesome. So that was just one of the perks of... Yeah, because they shut down some of the roads. Um, Some of the roads. Yeah, when we first got there because there was so many like so much traffic crossing the roads, so they shut down a lot of these roads. So we were really nervous if like if we weren't able to park in the parking structure where we were in a park. And thankfully though, there was a nice little parking lot right across the way that I think just opened up when we had gotten there. So we were able to like park there, unload our stuff, and then we were a- when we were able to go to the parking garage, that's when we went to the parking garage. Um, right. Yeah, Airbnb was fantastic. Like really, no complaints at all. Even though we were basically, like, downtown Salem, it was still rather quiet. Yeah. It was very peaceful. Um, Do we want to talk about our hotel since we're on, like, Yeah, so let's talk living. about the hotel in Boston. So we stayed at the Revolution Hotel. Um, it's more on the south side of Boston. Yeah. Um, and we kind of stayed there because, I mean, to be honest, I, I booked that, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of just stayed there because it was a cheaper hotel. Everything was pretty expensive. We're like, we're only going to be here for a night. It doesn't really matter. And the Revolution Hotel was actually, the presence of it was really cool. Very hipstery. It's very, yeah. um, you know, there's like modern art everywhere. It's very like, how do you, how would you expect, like street art? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of? like street art. Um, they, and we can post this on our social media. So they have a staircase and um, the column of the staircase was telephones painted, all painted white. Yeah. Um, they had a cute little like fireplace in their lobby. They had a um, restaurant that yep. was kind of attached, patio restaurant. But yeah, like you said, it's a spin on like the Revolutionary War, but, like, in modern times, kind of. Yeah. Like, it has, like, a modern vibe to it. So there was also um, the picture above our bed or the uh, wall above our bed said, love to love you, baby. But it had, like, a very, like, um, colonial, like, revolutionary, like... Which was very confusing. Like, background. And Allie and I spent, like, a good ten minutes, like, trying to figure out, like, why would they choose this text for that <laughs> image? Photo. Like, love to love you, baby. I mean, don't get me wrong. Very cute. Very, like aesthetic like you we know definitely made up stories on how it all <laughs> yeah we're like together. how does this tie together anyway conversation so, starter for um sure. right kudos to them yeah i mean it was a cute hotel like i like you said i wouldn't stay there for a long period of time because our room was small yeah and all of the rooms are small um it's not just the one so we just got a king bed i remember <laughs> but you can also get um two doubles but both room both types of rooms are very small when you mm-hmm. walk in you have a very tiny bathroom with a toilet, and then you also shower in there. 
And then there's a sink, but it's not even in the bathroom. It's on the outside of the bathroom. Yeah. And you basically, like, just walk into your bed. Mm-hmm. The room yeah, like, there's bed. no, yeah, like, there's no, it reminds me of, like, a dorm room. Or, like, if anybody's been on a cruise, some of those rooms are very small. Right, um, right. That's what it reminded me of. So I also want to mention, we booked a room that had a bathroom in it. However, this place also um, has rooms where there's a bathroom down the hall. So it's a shared bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. But like you said, it was one of the che- – it was a nice hotel, but it was one of the cheaper hotels in Boston. Yeah. Um, it was fun for a night. I would not stay there for two or three days. Like, I would not make this my vacation hotel. Um, yeah. But if you're just traveling through <clears> – It wasn't bad. It was cute. Yeah, um, if you want to just spend one night – and yeah. have that be your home base while you travel or, like, go Very explore. friendly people, too. Very friendly people. Um, but, yeah, or, I mean. I, I mean, I would suggest it, too, if you're by yourself or, like, traveling for work and all you need is, you know, a small bathroom yeah. and a bed. I mean, it was, the bed was really comfy. The view actually, I mean, there was, like, a building in the way, but you could sort of see the skyline where we were at, which was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. And the south side of Boston is actually really nice. Yeah, and I will say if you do um, stay at this hotel, we did have to park in a parking garage. Yes. Um, they did give us a little bit of a discount. I think it was $39 without, like, their discount, and it was $30 with for 24 hours. Yeah. So that would kind of stunk, but, I mean, it is what it is. When you're in Boston, you're going to have to park somewhere, and you're going to have to pay for parking. So, right. yeah, so those were where we stayed. Um, yeah, so now let's talk about what we did. Okay, so first I just want to mention that – we get off the plane, we go over to, um, you know, our rental car. Oh, yeah. And we sat in line for an hour and a half waiting no, for our rental car. We stood in line for an hour and a half. We didn't even get the luxury to sit. Yeah, you're right. So, for any traveling tips, if you don't know this, definitely give yourself some time to do, um, you know, if you are renting a car, give that buffer time. I was really glad that we didn't plan anything, you know, two hours after we landed because we definitely wouldn't have made it. Um, I don't know why, but apparently, who did we use? I don't even remember. We used budget. We used budget. Budget and Avis were the same, or are the Mm -hmm. same company. Um, everybody decided to use budget and Avis. So all the other lines were completely empty. And then here's our line that's backing all the way out the door. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was a fun experience. We got to talk a lot and, uh, yeah, it definitely. Stand. So yeah, if you're gonna, if you fly into Boston <clears throat> or you plan on renting a car, maybe give yourself some time. Don't book anything right away. Like luckily, we didn't have like anything booked when we like landed, right. so we could sit in line or stand in line for an hour and a half. Um, however, if we had something booked, we definitely wouldn't make it in time. Yeah, if you ever want to reach your standing goal for your Apple Watch, mm-hmm. prime time to do so. Yeah, when you rent a car. Um, okay, let's talk about what we did in Boston. Yeah. So um, we didn't spend a ton of time in Boston. I think we spent like what a day basically the first day and then like about an afternoon when we came back from Salem um so we went to a rooftop bar the first night Mm -hmm. um and we walked there I think it was like what 12 minutes from the hotel yeah it wasn't super long yeah it wasn't bad at all um we went it's called six west um it is the rooftop bar I believe on the Cambria hotel um it was cute I really wanted to do a rooftop bar because you're in the city um a lot of the bars there were booked already so um this was the only one that didn't have uh reservations or yeah so this is the only one had a reservation so definitely if you plan on going to dinner i mean even in salem too book ahead of time um a lot of restaurants partner with different apps i know the popular one is called open table you can literally just go on their website book a reservation time put in your name and you're good to go otherwise you're going to be forced to be waiting in line or you're just going to get turned away right so we booked a reservation time it was pretty late i think it was like nine 
when we yeah, went. Yeah, so. Um, so we walked there. It was a little windy, a little chilly, but we just brought our coat. And it was pretty, I mean, it was pretty decent for what it was. Yeah, they actually, I mean, their menu wasn't huge, so I wasn't sure, like, mm-hmm. how food was going to go. Um, but it, they did have a good menu as far as, like, the limited amount that they had. And But it was 21 and o- older, which I know a lot of rooftop bars are. It's just something to mention. But yeah. um, the food was incredible. Like, yeah. I did not expect it to be what it was. Yeah, so I got the, um, I ordered the mac and cheese nachos thinking that there were going to be mac and cheese and nachos, but it actually came out being like a, um, like a Big Mac nacho, like there was no mac and cheese on it. So I just misinterpreted the menu, but that was okay because it was, they were still really good. I mean, it was like, it was like a whole pan of nachos and I could not finish them. And we actually took them back to the um, hotel and then ended up not even eating them because we were still so full. Right. And there wasn't room for a refrigerator. Right. There was no refrigerator in the hotel. um, Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't refrigerate it. And then you got like some sweet pork, right? Yeah. So I got like their, um, what was it called? It was like crispy. I think it was just called crispy, um, pork. And it was oh, actually it was, an appetizer. It was crispy pork belly. You're right. And it was actually an appetizer. I wasn't, like, starving, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to get, like, an app. And it sounded better than some of the stuff that was on their menu. This was, like, one of the best pork belly I have ever had, ever. Um, yeah, it had it was this really, really nice um, cabbage slaw next to it. Actually, it was, like, a pickled slaw. Wasn't good on its own, but when you actually mixed it up with the pork belly, it was super super good so shelby and i got to share each other's um meals because yeah and the drinks were good they weren't that strong but they were pretty good no yeah yeah but the staff was super super nice um so that was just a fun way to kind of like start off our trip mm-hmm. and then we walked back home yeah and so i forgot to mention earlier in that day so we get our car we couldn't check into our hotel yet so we drove all the way to quincy to go to the first dunkin oh gosh, donuts how did, how how did we forget this? that how did you forget this <laughs> i don't know so, um, Quincy, it was probably like, what, 20, 25 minutes from the airport yeah. to Quincy. Yeah. Um, so Quincy is like in South Boston. It is home of the first Dunkin' Donuts. Um, as you all know, I am a Dunkin' queen. So I had to go to the first Dunkin' Donuts before going here though. I did research it and unlike the first Starbucks, it doesn't really capitalize on the fact that it's the first Dunkin'. So other than like two plaques and like the restaurant, right. you wouldn't even know it's the first Dunkin'. Um, it's a small store. It does look a lot different though than Dunkin' Donuts now. It does have the original like Dunkin' Donuts sign. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't, it's not on It has brand. a retro sign. Yeah. Um, and we did post that on our Instagram and our Facebook yep. so you can see that. Um, but it was really like a subpar like experience. We got coffee. We got a Boston cream donut because, you know, we're in Boston. Um, we had our first experience with a Massachusetts man there, and it was so funny because he was complaining that there wasn't enough Dunkins in his area, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Um, and I wanted to be like, sir, I have to drive 15 minutes if I want Dunkin, so please don't even complain to me. Like, you live in Massachusetts. There's a Dunkin on every corner. Like, stop. Meanwhile, like, the day before, I'm like, Shelby, you're going to wear your Dunkin' Donuts, like, sweatshirt, right? And she was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. And I'm like... I know. You have to wear it. Yeah, so, I have a um, Duncan crew enough. neck that says this girl runs on Duncan with my monograms. It's from unitedmonograms.com. You like Duncan? Go get one. Also, I found out while we were there, not because they advertised it, but because we were talking about it, um, Duncan Donuts slogan, America runs on Duncan, I never understood it. I mean, I understood that it was their slogan and whatever, but I didn't know there was, like, meaning behind it, I guess. And... When we were in Boston, we realized 
everybody runs. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, Literally everybody. Everybody in Boston runs. So really, it shouldn't even be America runs on Duncan. It should be Boston runs on Duncan. <laughs> because if there's two things people in Boston love, it's running in Duncan. Um, <laughs> so I kind of halfway fit in because I don't like running, but I love Duncan. So anyway. But then I was also telling you that parking is so bad that people have to run and probably have to run everywhere right. to just get to where they need to go because they can't park. Yeah. Yeah. So then knowing that the universe was on our side through this whole thing, <laughs> we leave the parking lot. Um, we had to go get some stuff from the store and then we came back and they were actually painting the parking lot and yeah. like tarring it and everything. So we got we, there at a good time. Yeah. If we would have came, you know, 20 minutes later. We, we definitely wouldn't have had the same experience. We wouldn't have been able to get a good photo. So anyway, I mean, first Duncan, it was cool. It was fun to say that I've been there, but there was like, there was nothing special. There was nothing special, which really breaks my heart because I feel like Duncan could totally capitalize on that. I mean, they didn't even have the Halloween donuts. I was you're like, you're right. You're the they first didn't. Duncan. And you don't have the Halloween donuts. They didn't. Like, you're right. <sighs> anyway, I'm still a Duncan girl at heart, like through and through. I don't even care. Complains about it all the time, but she still loves Duncan. Anyway, moving so then, on. Moving on. We were hungry after slurping down our macchiatos and Boston cream pie donuts, and so we went to a little clam shop just up the way. Mm -hmm. Um, called Tony's Clam Shop. Um, this was super cute. And when we had first walked in, I thought it was gonna be like a sit down restaurant, yeah. but it was more of like you order the counter and then you just like take it to your table, which was yeah. really like chill and relaxed because I was like, okay, we can just like it's kind of at our own pace, like yeah. you can just relax. So I got a BLT wrap. Um, what did you end up getting? What did I? I think it was a tricky wrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. tricky it was, wrap. It was, it was some sort of wrap. Yeah, it was a tricky yeah. wrap. Um, this was kind of cool because you could eat outside. It was a little cold, so we ate inside. But if anybody knows what a solarium is, I think I only know because my parents have one attached to their house. But um, it was like a whole solarium. So when you walk up to the counter and then you turn around, everything's like made out of glass. It looks almost like a greenhouse. Oh, hold it. Side note. Do you remember when Wendy's used to have solariums? Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, it was like that. Okay, so if all of you remember old Wendy's. <laughs> 90s Wendy vibes. This was Tony's clam shop. Um, but yeah, it was really cool because you went up to the counter and they actually had really good food. Like Shelby said, it was really chill. They had a very extensive menu. They did, and you could get alcohol. Yeah, you could get alcohol. So really cool. Um, the food hit the spot for me. Mm -hmm. I, it was a really nice view of um, the harbor. Yeah. Like, that was really cool too. And yeah, I mean, after that, we kind of got in the car and yeah and then we checked into our hotel um yeah. we and yeah, then we went to the rooftop bar so we're kind yeah. of telling this backwards i'm sorry um and so then we wake up the next morning mm -hmm. and we had scoped out the area before uh going mm -hmm. and we realized that there was a donut shop just across the street yep. called blackbird donuts yes. and so we went and um it was I think it was very on theme for our vacation, considering it was, like, spooky Halloween. It was Blackbird. Mm -hmm. It looked like a crow. Reminded me of the movie Psycho. Yeah. Um, and even inside was a little creepy. Like, they did have some Halloween yeah. decorations up. I thought it was going to be a little bit more like Voodoo Donuts when mm -hmm. we went in Austin. It wasn't. It was a little more classier yeah, than that. it was that. a more classier than that. Um, it was cool, though, because when you walked up, they had all their donuts on display. Unfortunately for us... We wanted to get their Halloween uh, donut mm -hmm. special, and we didn't know this, but you could only order that online and yeah. come pick it up, which we would have done the day before. If we yeah, but they didn't say that on their website, so whatever. So we ordered, it like, a six-pack of yeah. donuts, um, and we got back to the hotel, and we took one bite of each, mm -hmm. rated them, yep. 
And then we kept them to snack on through the rest of our trip. Right. Um, they were pretty good donuts. They weren't the best I've ever had in my life. Um, we got um this the we got a pumpkin spice latte, which that one just kind of tasted like pumpkin. Um, I liked that one. There was a cider glaze. Yep, cider glaze, which was no not, go. No go. No go. There was a cookie donut. Um, which basically they just took like cookie dough and put it in a shape of a donut. Which I mean, I'm not complaining, but there was that. There was a chocolate cupcake, which was the best. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a was it a strawberry creamsicle or yeah, and that one that one was pretty good. I probably would have rated that like number two or three. Yeah, and then there was a raspberry and chocolate powdered. Yes, yeah, which that one was good. But once you like bit into it, it just kind of tasted like raspberry. You kind of had to like eat the whole thing to get the full effects. Yeah. So and we got some coffee. I mean, it was good. Um, like I said, not the best donut I've ever had. They were rather expensive for what we bought. I think like six donuts and coffee was like $30. Mm-hmm. So a little bit more expensive. But anyway, so we got our donuts um, and then we checked out of our hotel. Yep. And we went to the Boston Tea Party Shipping Museum. Yeah. Um, and this was fun. I just thought this would be a good like thing to capitalize on when we were in the area because number one, it was on our way mm-hmm. to um, Salem. And then number two, I thought this would be just, like, an easy tour to go on um, before we uh, went to Salem. So we went to this one. Um, What were your thoughts on it? I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, when we first got there, so it is cool because you walk over a bridge, and then it's, like, in the middle of the bridge, and there's two ships on each side, which are supposed to represent, you know, the Boston Tea Party. And it was, I thought it was cool. When you check in, you actually are kind of, like, semi-immersed into what it would have been like as like what it would have been like the night you were getting ready to like go throw the tea off the ship which I thought was super cool um they had two actors that came in and kind of ran the show and then you actually got little cards that you were somebody who actually participated in the Boston um tea party you know in in history so I was Thomas Crafts and you were um John Crane so if we ever, you know, if you ever hear about our alter egos of Thomas Kraft and John Crane, you'll know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Crafts and Crane. Crafts yeah. and Crane Co. <laughs> so that was our role in this whole little skit. And, you know, they did a big um, presentation about it, which I thought was really cute. Um, you were in like a courtroom talking about like what you were going to do that night. And then you went down onto the boat and they kind of told you a little bit about the boat and how it would have worked. And then, you know... Like I said, it was an immersive experience. So, you know, they're yelling about how they're going to throw things off the ship, how people are going to stay on guard. At this point, I think there were four actors now. And so it was just really fun. Like, it was something really cute to do. You know, there were anybody from our age to older to um, kids, which was really cute. Because, like, I don't know, you know, you, like, get to the age where you're, like, older and you just, like, don't care what anybody thinks. I remember that older couple was, like, getting really into it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, they had um, blocks of tea that you could throw off the boat. Yeah. They were attached to the boat, but it kind of just gave you, like, the sense, like, oh, I'm throwing tea into the harbor. Yeah. And then afterwards, um, you got off, went into the museum, and you actually watched a couple movies that kind of just showed you the aftermath of the Boston Tea Party and just how that worked and then the museum also had there's supposedly one crate that was the only surviving crate from yeah the boat from the boston tea party so that was there there was some tea yes there was tea that somebody stole and kept it was the only surviving tea from the boston tea party mm-hmm. which was super awesome to see 
Um, and just kind of like how they set this up was very like it was it was really cool. It was really exciting. They had um picture frames on the wall that mm-hmm. actually like turned into TVs and like you could see people to like the Right, right. The I don't know who they were, talk back and forth to each other. And then they also had um like holographic yeah. like actors or whatever. So yeah. it was I mean, I think we paid like maybe twenty five, thirty dollars a person for this. And it was really worth it. Yeah, I would I say mean, it's something to do if you have, like, even if you have kids. kids yeah. Because the kids that were on ours, like, they, it was actually really cute. They were just really mesmerized by the whole thing and they thought it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's a good thing to do for all ages. And then afterwards, you can actually go up. Um, we grabbed something to eat real quick because we knew we were going to Salem. Oh, they have Abigail's tea room. So you can, yeah. you can taste the teas that they had on the ship and then you can also just get, like, a little snack or whatever. And right. A lot of places, I feel like, will capitalize on the fact that, like, oh, you're here, eat lunch. But this place was really decently priced. It was really cheap. I think yeah. it was, like, $7 for a wrap. Yeah. And it was or a sandwich. Yeah. No, I mean, I was content. Yeah. So then we decided to get back in the car, and we had to go to Salem because we were going to meet our Airbnb host around 3 o'clock to get the keys. And yeah. we also had the House of Seven Gables booked at somewhere very close to that time. 3.30? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we did kind of make it, um, it was kind of a tight schedule. So yeah, we checked into our Airbnb and then we decided to walk because, well, first of all, when you drive into Salem, um, the roads are very old. And so what should be two roads, like automatically will condense into one. Yeah. And, um, I was driving cause I'm 25 and so the car was in my name and I had to drive. Allie couldn't and drive. And I'm a youngling. <laughs> and she was just being my little navigator. Yeah. Um, and so get tacked with that, like $200 young driver fee. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, where's the road? I'm in the middle of the road. Like, I don't know what lane to be in. And so, um, I got honked at quite a few times because I, Shelby, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, (laughs) so to all the Massachusetts people out there, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know how to drive on your little roads. I apologize. I think by the end of the trip I had it squared away, but, um, no, it was fine. (laughs) yeah so anyway we get there and the first thing that you see when you drive into Salem is like the first notable thing I I think I should say Mm -hmm. is the ropes mansion better known as um Allison's house the Halloween house and Hocus Pocus so we drive up on it and there's like a line of people and I was like oh my god there it is like there's the house like oh my gosh I was so excited so then you drive a little bit more like literally maybe I don't know 30 50 feet yeah and there's, and the, there's witch the witch house. house. And you're like, okay. And I was like, time? we are yeah. here. And we're like, time to immerse ourselves in the spooky vibes. Yes. Like, we and were already dressed cute, so that was like good to go. And we literally, <laughs> literally just entered a portal of like Halloween Town. Yeah. Like I felt like as soon as we got into Salem, I was like, this is Halloween Town. Like you cannot tell me otherwise. Yeah. Like everything... You have to dress in orange or black or some sort of deep maroon colors. Mm-hmm. Put a hat on. What, I mean, I didn't wear dark lipstick, but a lot of people, like, the dark lipstick, like, you, it's a whole vibe. It is a whole vibe. So, we went to the House of Seven Gables. Um, we walked. Um, we walked. Barely made it. Um, another side note, if you would like to wear heels or a wedge or anything, there is cobblestone everywhere. <laughs> and your feet will hurt. So, I tried to be cute and wear my cute little new high heels that had a wedge, whatever. And I was struggling by the end of this walk. Like I was like, like Allie and I were like. the point where I was going to have to carry her because I'm like, she's getting crabby. <laughs> okay. But I think also, I think if we didn't have to like rush to get there, I would have been okay if I could just go at my own pace. But the fact that I was like running in heels. <laughs> on the way home, she was debating on walking home barefoot. Um, but that didn't happen. We're all good. I, I, I toughed it out. 
So anyway, we go to the House of Seven Gables. Um, Something to note here, though, is you... So the problem was, the reason why we walked was because we actually didn't have anywhere to park. Or we thought we weren't going to. Our Airbnb host was like, you know, parking's insane. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, what, a 15-minute walk to the House yeah, of Seven Yeah, probably Gables. would have been like a five, seven-minute drive. Yeah, so we were like, honestly, if we can't find parking there, we're not going to make it, like, at all. So we're just going to walk. Well, when we got there, the House of Seven Gables actually has their own parking, and it was fairly empty. So just if you do go there, you definitely can drive to the House of Seven Gables. There will be parking. It's not like street parking. People don't park there and walk around. It's strictly for the House of Seven Gables. And so I want to say, too, that the House of Seven Gables is rather, like, removed from downtown. Like, it's not – so a lot of people, I think, do walk there because they have the same thought that we did. Um. So, yes, I didn't know much about The Seven Gables before we went. Um, I did know, I did a little bit of research, but it is the book that Nathaniel Hawthorne, like, based his, um, ba- well, based his book off of because it's called The House of Seven Gables. Right. Um, so we showed up a little bit late. We had to join a tour that was kind of already going. Um, it was a pretty, I would say it's a pretty, like, informative tour. Um, mm-hmm. The lady that was giving it was, you know, she had some good information um, we're not going to go into all the history here. If you're really into it, you can look it up. There's tons of information online. Um, I would say the tour lasted like, what do you think? 45 minutes ish. Yeah, I would say it did. It, it was pretty interesting because there were a lot of doors to a lot of different areas of the house that we got to visit, which was kind of cool. Cause it's like, why do you have so many doors in this yeah. house? Um, and secret doors and like it was i mean it was interesting you got to see all the areas but i will say that they didn't go into like they didn't go into every single room and tell us like what it was which kind of bummed me out yeah, no. because i think that there's a lot of history there and i don't know if they just do it for time's sake or what um but it was a cool tour like i said i think i maybe should probably should have read the book or looked more into it before going because yeah, i wasn't I really like super because she was like making references to his book and i was like yeah, i don't know what you're talking about Right. Um, so anyway, we finished the tour and we were able to spend time in the garden, which is right. absolutely beautiful. Um, I think before, so when you look online, you just see the house, mm-hmm. you don't see the things surrounding it. So when you get there, you're like, okay, this is really like disorienting. Yeah. Um, so they have the house. It's kind of a maze. Yeah. And then they have a gift shop and then they have, I don't know, they have like little other houses that look like the house of seven gables by it. And yeah. then they have Nathaniel Hawthorne's birthplace house. On the same grounds. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, his house wasn't always there. They moved it from a different location in Salem. Um, but it's. But it was cool. It was like its own community. Mm-hmm. And you can actually buy tickets to, we bought tickets to do the tour and do the gardens afterwards. It's a package deal. Or you can just buy tickets to the garden. I would, I mean, if you're not really into the House of Seven Gables or if you don't care to go in, or even if you miss getting the tickets to do both, I would say still book the tickets for the garden because I thought that was the best part. You got to see, like, a whole area. It was a whole little, like, I don't want to say made up because it wasn't made up. There were houses everywhere. But it was its own little community that you got to walk around in Mm -hmm. and kind of step back in time, see how, you know, they printed things, how sailors went out on the ships. You know, Nathaniel Hawthorne's birthplace you got to see without paying to go inside the house and do a tour. Right, yeah. Um, and they also had, like, a little kid's section, like a little kid's boat and stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, which were, it was, like, they had some interactive stuff in there, too, which was cool. But like you said, the garden was... I was am- playing with the maps. Yeah. 
Um, I have a picture of that. The garden was super amazing. And um, when I had seen online too, like what I thought was the front of the house was actually the side of the house. It's just the way that people take the photos. It looks like it's the front of the house. There really is no front of the house. So I was a little like disappointed with that, but it was fine. We got some amazing pictures in the garden. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, if you want some good photos in Salem... House of Seven Gables. Yeah, I would suggest going there. You really get to see the bay too, like the harbor, which you don't. I mean, you can see it from Salem, but like this provides like a different view of. Yeah, you totally step back in time. Yeah. Um, I still, I do recommend the House of Seven Gables. Um, I, I might read the book now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I would do that too. So after that, we went home or to our um, Airbnb and we kind of just relaxed. We did watch Hocus Pocus. I was going to say, we hit peak, like. We hit peak Salem experience. Yeah. We watched Hocus Pocus in Salem. And, like, if I don't, I just don't, like, there will never be a Halloween better than this one. <laughs> because I don't know how to beat that. Yeah. Like, we're like, oh, yeah, Allison's Mansion? Mm, right down the road. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then we got pizza. Well, we got calzones at a little mm-hmm. calzone shop, pizza shop right down the street. Yeah. So we wake up the next morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and we laid in bed for a long time. Like six hours. We were tired, and I'm just like, we and it was like, you know, we're on vacation, and we don't really feel like being around people. And yeah, so because we're when just we just gonna hang out. Like when we got there, it was Sunday, and I will say this: I was very nervous because when we got there, there were so many crowds, so many people. I was like, if it is like this every single day, we're not gonna be able to do anything. Yeah. So was it was Monday. It was sunny Sunday. Monday it was a little dreary. It was rainy. We laid in bed for Fit a while. Fit the mood. We got up. We got dressed, and we did some exploring. Yeah. So we walked to the house of, or we walked to the witch house, um, just to get, like, a quick photo or whatever. Yep. And then literally, we like. We walked over to Allison's house, We too. walked over to Allison's house and got some cute and photos. My name's Allison. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, speaking of that, so for free, you can actually go into the gardens. Yeah, the gardens the are open. Yep, and you can go back there, see the back of the house, see the gardens. There's a lot of um, informative there's a lot of history in Salem. There's so much history. Way so, more than I even anticipated. Yeah, and so there was a lot of plaques and stuff around the gardens that you could read, and it was a total free experience. So that was actually a plus that we didn't know, um, you know, was available. So we got to do that. We came back. We were like, we're going to go walk the streets, you know, the downtown area of Salem, see maybe some of the different shops. Um, it was not as busy as Sunday at all. No, um, I a lot of the. A lot. There was a lot of, um, you know, little pop-up shops that weren't there anymore. There was a lot of cosplay people that were there on Sunday. Um, like, you know, the Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw them, but yep. there was... The Sanderson sisters. Yep, yeah, the Sanderson sisters. And then there was also, like, a couple, like, witches that were doing photos and stuff like that. They were not there on Monday. Um, some shops actually close on Mondays and Tuesdays, so a couple of the shops were closed. But honestly, Monday was perfect because... There was just about enough people to be like, okay, there's a lot going on, but there was... It wasn't overwhelming. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we walked by the town hall, mm-hmm. um, which, oh my word, like so freaking adorable. It is like this little town hall in like the middle of the city center. And it is where in Hocus Pocus they had the community or the Halloween party, like the community yeah. Halloween party. Yeah. Um, which we missed by a day, which by the missed, way, the real one. We yeah. missed by a day. Well, and that was in um, the Hawthorne Hotel. They have a, I think it's called the Witch's Ball. Yeah. Um, so we did that. We took some pictures uh, by that. We walked into a few shops. We got some doggy biscuits mm-hmm. from this cute little shop. And then we went back. Um, 
And we watched Ghost Adventures. We did, because we're big Ghost Adventures people, so... And Ghost Adventures, I think it's in season four or five, they go and they do um, the... The Witch's House. The Witch House. Yeah. Yeah, so we watched Ghost Adventures, hung out for a bit. Um, Oh, I forgot to mention, we ate lunch at Red Sandwich Shop. Yes. So that's a cute little sandwich shop um, right by the town hall. And it's pretty famous. Like it's like known for like their lunch or whatever. Yeah, very diner vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool. I will say, for there being COVID, they really packed those um, people tables in. in. I didn't really care, but um, but yeah, just to know. Yeah, we did have to wear our mask whenever we went in mm-hmm. any place, regardless of the vaccination status. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we came back. We watched Ghost uh, Adventures to gear up for our ghost tour. Right. So we then we went to dinner at the Derby Street Tavern mm-hmm. because we had tried to we tried to get into um, a couple places that we wanted to eat at. They were pretty famous, but we couldn't because, like I said, they had a line. They took reservations. Mm-hmm. So the Derby Street Tavern was pretty cool. Um, I learned this. I learned like the Derby name after we took a tour. So the Derby Street Tavern was named after Elias Haskett Derby, who was the son of sea captain Richard Derby. So he took over the sea trade and became very wealthy. He's one of America's first billionaires um, and definitely Salem's first millionaire. And his house sits um, right across from the harbor. So it was one of the the brick houses that we saw. It was by the custom shop. Um, So that's really cool. We ate at this restaurant. This restaurant is fairly new, I believe. It just opened last year or the year before that. Um, Decorated kind of cool. They have a pretty large menu. um, And it was pretty cheap. Yeah. So we ate there. And then we went to our walking ghost tour. Yeah. So when we were looking at ghost tours, they actually have a lot. And I was like, okay, which one are we going to, like, I don't honestly get the most bang for your buck kind of thing, you know? So I did a lot of research and I suggested, I know I gave you a couple, but I remember I suggested this one because it was 21 and older, um, which was just, actually it might have been, no, I think it was 21 and older, but it was just kind of nice because you can't have kids on the tour, so like, you can say spooky stuff. You can, I mean, not that I'm into swearing, but like, they swear, they like, you know, they're like kind of real about it and stuff, so that was actually kind of cool because it wasn't like tiptoeing around any subjects, so um well it was called requiem 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 yeah and we met by um the cemetery the bearing point yes which is right basically in the middle of salem right downtown Mm -hmm. so we met there and they kind of split our group off because we had like 60 people so they did 30 and 30 and we just started walking around all these different places in salem and it was basically just ghost stories about each place so Um, You know, the cemetery was obviously one of them, and they kind of explained what each part of the cemetery had, because it's kind of sectioned off, like, you have the cemetery, and then you have the memorial for the witches, because obviously, you know, when they were hung, um, they were considered witches, so they didn't get any, you know... They didn't get... Yeah, so, this is really interesting, too. The um, burying point is the... uh, area where the judges of the Salem witch trials were buried mm-hmm. um and like the all the gravestones face one way mm-hmm. so when the witches were hung and on proctor's ledge the bodies were just like basically thrown in the woods or just left there right. other than i think like they she said two families two families did come and get the bodies, bodies and, and yeah, take them home away. and give them a burial so they didn't i think literally up until 
1992 yeah. or like the early 90s there yeah. was nothing to really commemorate yeah. the Salem Witch Trials which is insane to me like we went all that time with like nothing yeah so they created a little more memorial on the side um and it's funny because it's like the gravestones face the other way and they like their idea was like you know, society turned their back on these individuals who are accused of rich witchcraft. Right. So this memorial kind of sits behind the graveyard, and it's not where their actual bodies are. No, um, and they actually have um, some of their last words on the ground, and it's to represent, because, you know, you're walking on the ground. Right. It's to represent all the times that they were, like, basically walked Walked on. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so the whole memorial was actually really cool, but, yeah, it was completely insane that, because for a while, Salem was so ashamed of the witch trials that... They wanted to eradicate everything that yeah. ever had to do with it. Yeah. yeah. So that was... Yeah, that was interesting. Where else did we go on the tour? We went and passed um, Lyceum Hall, oh, which is... I just want to say one thing, because yeah. I think this is very interesting. But they did tell us that um, the cemetery actually flooded at one mm. point in time. Mm-hmm. And there's a restaurant um, behind the cemetery that's facing out on the street. And it flooded two grave, like two um, coffins actually like came up from the ground and washed into the restaurant through the door. Yeah. Which like, okay, that would freak me out. But um, yeah, that was just like an interesting story. But yeah, so they told all these ghost stories while we went to all these different places. Um, Do you remember like what were some of the other places that we went? I don't want to tell the whole tour, but... Yeah, we went to um, Lyceum Hall, which is also seafood, or Turner Seafood, mm-hmm. um, which is where Bridget Bishop's uh, apple orchard was. Right. So they built Turner Hall, or uh, Lyceum Hall on top of Bridget Bishop's orchard. So a lot yes. of people said that, like, they smell um, apples, who, like, people who work there. Yeah. Um, they also have caught a, and I tried to find the image today to show my coworker, and I couldn't find it. But they've caught images of, like, Bridget Bishop on the stairs or whatnot. And so Bridget Bishop was the first witch to be hung in the Salem Witch Trials. Um, So, yeah, we kind of, like, just went all over Salem. It wasn't – I would say it was, like, what, about an hour, hour and a half? an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we went to the Bearing Point. Uh, We walked by the – did we walk by the Witch House? I don't think we did. No, we didn't. Um, We did walk by the Hawthorne Hotel. Um, we walked by, um, the, I can't remember the name of it now, but, um, the house where, uh, you're talking about the bed and breakfast, the bed and breakfast where an individual was murdered. Um, so that was pretty cool. So we just kind of went all over and I highly recommend doing a tour of some sort if you go to Salem because each, like one thing I was telling Allie is like, even though some of these things overlap, you get, like, different bits of information with each From tour. every tour. Yeah. Everything. Right. And, like, if you did not know, like, we passed that um, one house so many times, and we did not know that it was what it was. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. we had no idea. Um, like, we didn't even know that there was a child that burned in the Ropes Mansion. Right. Like, nobody right. knows that. And, the- and then there was also, um, which is now considered, like, the visitor center where the cemetery is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there was a child in there that there's a nursing home right across that's, like, a big, like, apartment building. And a lot of the older folks will call the police saying there's, like, a child in the, you know, house and stuff. So hearing that was just cool. You weren't going to get that anywhere else. Um, But, yeah, so we did that. And then. Yeah, so then we um, went to bed. We got a good spook that night. Got some good information. (laughs) Went to bed. Woke up the next morning. Didn't sleep in as late. Um, it was Tuesday. We got our lazy butts up. So it was our last full day in Salem. 
totally raining. Totally raining. We went to the Gula Gula Cafe because that had mm-hmm. really good reviews. It was like maybe a what, three minute walk from our um, yeah. Airbnb. Dog friendly. Dog friendly. We got coffees and a muffin, um, and then we head back, headed back and got ready. And then we decided we were going to go do a psychic reading. Yeah. So we booked online, um, which this, so they have a psychic fair during the month of October, um, specifically uh, Omen. Yep. And the place is called Omen, um, and they're a shop, and they also have psychics who work there. So you can book online or you can book in person. We just decided to go book in person. Um, we had to wait an hour for our appointment. We did 15 minutes each. Um, it was $40 each and we got a psychic reading. Yeah. And at first when you said you wanted to do a psychic reading, it was so hard to pick Mm -hmm. because there was just so many, there's like the psychics that like, you know, like, I don't want to say legitimate and not legitimate, but there's like the psychics that charge a ton of money per minute where they're getting into detail about like your loved ones that have passed away and all this stuff. Then you have, and they have like their own shops and everything. They're like well-established licensed psychics. And then you have, like, Omen and Hex, who, like, you can walk into these shops and you can get tarot card readings, you can get palm readings, things like that, that are only, like, 15 to 30 minutes. It's not as in-depth, which that's kind of what we did. And then they also had a shop where they did psychic readings solely based on your aura and all of that. So there was just so many options. I was like, I don't know how to pick. So we Mm -hmm. actually didn't pick until we got there. And that's when we were like, okay, well, this Omen place looks really busy. It looks credible. It's got good reviews. Yeah. So we booked that. Yeah. So without going into too much detail, how was your psychic reading? Mine was like, I mean, it was, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to like. like I was really I nervous. Yeah. I was like, what am I supposed to ask? So she like shuffled the cards, gave them to me, and then told me to shuffle them and like think about yeah, what I want to know. Yeah. yeah. So I was like thinking and shuffling my cards or whatever and at first like the very first thing she said threw me off like she was like oh you have like a rocky relationship and I'm like no like I don't and I'm like trying to think of like any excuse to give this girl the benefit of the doubt but I'm like (laughs) I I don't like I'm I'm happily married yeah right and she said specifically with your husband yeah yeah Yeah. um and so I was like kind of confused about that and then after that like everything was just so in-depth like she started talking about like medical problems that I have and like um what was the other thing like specific things about my job that really are happening right now and what was the other thing she said something else too that I was just like oh she was like um so you're gonna be moving soon like very very soon and I was like oh well that's funny because like I just moved (laughs) so like little stuff like that like was very um I don't know. It was it was kind of crazy that she did mm-hmm. know some of that stuff. Um, she was talking about past relationships, and there was like one thing that she mentioned that I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense." And I don't know. It just it kind of blew my mind how specific she got with some of the things. Um, what do you think? Yeah, mine was not as specific as yours. Um, it was more broad. She didn't really tell me anything that like I didn't already know. Um, she told me a lot about myself, which I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm 100 aware of that. Um, but I'm also a very self aware person. So somebody who wouldn't be who isn't self aware might be like, oh, I've never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um, she also read my husband through me, which I thought was really weird, and told me a little bit about him. Um, some of the things that she said was were 100 percent on point. Mm-hmm. Um. And there were also some things where I was like, mm, like, 
you know, it, so she guessed that I was a teacher. I'm not a teacher. Um, I told her what my profession is. Those and because, <laughs> yeah, well, I know I wasn't wearing my glasses. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I had my mask on, so really she could just see from like my nose up. Right. So once I told her my profession based off my profession, she was like, oh, you work in a really draining profession, yada, yada, yada. You know, I feel like there's like some things that they can easily gain just based on like the little information that they tell oh, you. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think, it, I do think, I believe in psychics. I think a lot of the stuff that we did was more reading the situation yeah. and building off of it kind of thing. Um, but, I, I mean, I still had fun. I'm glad we did it. Because yeah. when you said you wanted to do a psychic reading, I was like, oh, dear God. Like, I... But, like, I feel like you're in Salem and it's a spooky time. And, like, what better, like, even if it's cheesy, like, I was like, I have to do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad you pushed us to do it. Because... I was so nervous. I was, too. I'm like, I don't know what to ask. Like, I feel like I'm in a pretty good yeah, so I position didn't... in my life right now. Yeah. Like, I don't have any, like, major questions. I mean, I guess I had one, but, like... I didn't ask anything specific. I just told her I wanted a general reading, and then she just, like, started pulling my cards out or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, she did give some predictions for the future, so I'm interested to see if those come true. Um, but nothing – there was nothing super specific. It was cool, though. She was really nice. Um, I might go to a psychic again in the future. Maybe not one in Salem. Like, maybe just, you know, yeah, one randomly yeah. or whatever. But it was it – was, I would recommend it. It was fun. It was fun to do. I mean – if all else, it's just, like, it's good to see, like, what comes up. Yeah. Um, nothing bad in my future, so. <laughs> so, yeah, we did a psychic reading, and then um, we really wanted to do dinner, but once again, we couldn't find reservations until 9 p.m., so we set our reservations mm -hmm. um, for Turner Seafone, mm -hmm. Seafood or Lyceum Hall um, that night. So, we decided to go to a Salem Witch Museum. Yes. Now, I want to be very specific because there's a Salem History Museum and then there's a Salem Witch Museum. We booked the Salem Witch Museum. Yeah, the history um, one also has a dungeon. Like, it's the it's witch like a, dungeon. Yeah, it's a witch dungeon. Yeah. Um, which, I don't even know if it was open when we were there. It looked like it wasn't open. Yeah, I don't know either, but I was told that if you go to Salem, you need to go to the Witch Museum. It's very cheesy. It was But cheesy. it gives you some information and, like, you just have to do it because you're there. Yeah. So, what did you think? Um... Okay, so I'm just going to kind of explain, yeah. like, what this was real quick. Um, you walked into a room, and you were, like, in a theater style, and then all around you were these mannequins, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, like, everything was dark. And then they would tell the story of the Salem Witch Trials, and different, depending on what part of the story they were on, different parts of the room would light up, and it would kind of, you know, give you a visualization of, you know, what was going on. I think for early 2000s, that was probably great, but I think we've kind of, like, upped our game a little bit since then, so moving forward... Yeah, they need I to have like, holographic actors yeah, or now. Not, yeah, or just, like, I thought it would be a more immersive experience where people yeah, were, like, acting, like, the Boston Tea part, like, that would have been so cool, but instead it was just kind of, like, these mannequins standing there while you read everything. I think the history of it was cool and the story was cool. But I think with the amount of people that come to Salem now, it would be cool to see them update it to something a little bit better. Um, and then afterwards, they split us up. I definitely think they packed too many people in that room. But they split us up. Half went to the gift shop and had to wait, which was our group. And then the other half got to go to the second part of the museum, which was basically you stood and listened to the story of how witchcraft has gone from it being a bad thing to going from the Wizard of Oz, where now witches are these green, evil, magic monsters that are now, you know, capitalized on the big screen, mm -hmm. to the witches now, who are basically people that just 
live off of nature and right and it's nature. it's called wicca yeah now. yeah exactly, yeah exactly so you got to see that and then they got to go in the gift shop yeah i didn't really like sitting in the gift shop for 15 minutes yeah. waiting to go into the other part yeah that gift shop is very small mm-hmm. um and i i mean i sat down for like I picked minutes. up a book and started reading. Yeah, because I was I like, was... I mean, I get that they, you know, there's too many people, so they can't filter it. But it's like, it kind of was just like, it felt really discombobulated to me. Yeah, I was like, I get that they want you to buy something, but like, if I pay this amount of money, I want to go on the tour, yeah, fully and completely, and then you can drop me off at the gift shop. Yeah. Like, don't drop me off at the gift shop, and then like, pe- I think people were getting confused too, and I think mm-hmm. some people left. Yeah, they did because I was like, they don't know where to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Would I ever if do it you, again? Absolutely probably not. not. <laughs> but if you are in Salem, you're trying to find something to do, you want to get in, like, the theme or know the history. Once or again, even if it's raining outside, this might be, like, a good... Yeah, and once again, like Shelby said, we did all these things and it overlapped and we probably heard the Salem Witch Trial stories at least five times while we were there. But every story had something different to add to it. Like... In this witch museum, they started talking about, like, some of the people that were in jail, where we didn't really get to hear that on some of the other tours, and um, just a combination of all of that was just, you know, kind of cool to add to what you can kind of visualize Salem was back then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I forgot to mention, we did do the witch house earlier that morning. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So, the witch house, we're talking about a little witch stuff, so I just want to break it down. This, the witch house is the black the black famous house. I mean, Seven Gables is black too, but this one is like, I feel the like the famous the house famous black Salem. house yeah. in Salem. No witches actually live there. No, it is the house of Jonathan Corwin, the judge who presided over the witch trials. Um, and which it is, that in itself, if I was the judge, who like basically condemned all these people to their death and up they, until his death yeah and then they named my house the witch house i'd be a little peeved oh off. so peeved <laughs> so anyway we booked tickets for this this is the one of them that i was saying that you had to book a week in advance it wasn't very expensive um we did we were a little confused when we walked up because like we're like where do we go it's just this house like yeah so, where do the tours form right real quick going back to booking because i just want to like explain this to everybody so they actually go through eventbrite which they do it a week out, like you had said. You have to get it. It's not a week out from when you get it. It comes out every Friday, supposedly by 7 p.m., but they have to actually refresh that, and sometimes it can be after 7 p.m. So, like, we were getting frustrated because we were like, okay, it's 7 p.m. It hasn't popped up yet. Are we going to even be able to do this? Well, we ended up doing it, obviously. Um, it was a little late. But just to let you know, if you are going there and you want to book, just kind of know that that is a... Um, you know, an issue, and they also pretty much fill up within, what, a Oh, day? gosh, yeah, like, very quickly. We met um, very, we met a lot of people that came up, and they're like, we're just taking pictures with the house, because we, we did, didn't get a, yeah, yeah, we didn't get a ticket to the tour. So, this house is very small, um, we, when we walk in, you walk into the room to your right, and it's, like, a dining area, mm-hmm. the fireplace is there. <laughs> we didn't know it was a self-guided tour. No. So she gave us, our tour guide gave us, like, a quick bit of information and then said, okay, free, feel free to walk around. You can go upstairs. You can come down, and then the tour is over. We're like, okay. Um, so there's just, like, stuff on the wall that you can read. Um, so Granted, it wasn't a lot of money to do this. No, I think it was, like, maybe 11 bucks each. Yeah. Um, but I was like, tell me. I don't want to read. 
Yeah. Don't Tell go in there it. with kids. Do not go in there with kids. <laughs> the kids that were there, you can't touch anything. You can't mm-hmm. take photos. The kids that were in there were running around. They were bored. Their mom was trying to read stuff, and they're like, Mom, we're done. Like, we want to go. So I would highly recommend not bringing children. Yeah, that same goes for the Seven Gables. You cannot take pictures in the Seven mm-hmm. Gables um, house. So really, like, I mean, and it, it's cool, everything you see inside, but, um, like, if you want to take photos, you're going to have to do it outside. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was a little underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a typical house of that era. I mean, it was cool yeah. seeing, like, some of the artifacts there. Um, they, I mean, they even said, like, a lot of the house is original. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I, th- I think we were, like, in and out within a half hour. Yeah, I tried to, like, make the most of the $11. Yeah, you were reading everything, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I can give you the cliff notes. Like, you don't need to read this. <laughs> Shelby's like, we can get out of here. I'm like, no, we have to read this. I didn't read everything, but I tried. To, I did try to read a lot. I also didn't feel good while I was in there, like, at all. So, um, so that was... vibes. Yeah, so that was kind of making um, me, like, get my mind off of not feeling good. I was reading. So I was reading a lot, and... Um, I will say there was a lot of information that I probably wouldn't have known. They were talking a lot about different uh, ways people back then had medicine. Mm-hmm. Like they thought drinking blood was oh I did read that help yeah. you, and it had to be nice and fresh. So these people would be like giving blood Ugh. while someone else was drinking it. Just crazy things that nowadays we were like, oh my gosh, like we would how never people live like that. Doing, yeah. So I mean that was interesting, but yeah, I definitely think if you miss getting the tickets don't feel like you're missing out. Um, you know, you can still go up to the house, take your good photos. Um, you're not really missing much and definitely don't go with kids. That would be my. Yeah. I mean, and truthfully, like, just to be honest, I would not recommend taking your kids to Salem at all. Like there is not a whole lot of child friendly activities. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not a very child friendly. I mean, not that it's not a child friendly area, but like they're going to get bored. They're going to get bored. It is not geared towards kids. It is geared towards people who want to learn about history, which is, like, it's not, like, um, a fun museum park. I mean, I yeah. think that the whole entire time we were there, like, I didn't see, I maybe saw, like, one park, but it's not really geared towards children, children. at all. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, we then went to Gallows Hill, and we watched their little show, and oh, we did yeah, a yeah. Ghost and Legends tour. And by this time, I just want to say... Monday and Tuesday were, like, drizzle. Tuesday during the day was drizzle. By Tuesday night... It was totally downpouring. Like, our Airbnb host contacted me and was like, hey, just to let you know, the power's probably going to go out tonight. So, light a candle. Like, it was definitely, um, it was definitely, you know, a really bad storm, and we got to go walk through it together. Yeah, it really (laughs) added to the spooky vibes that we were um, in search of. Yeah. So, we get there, and, like... Honestly, the people watching was probably the best part of this night because we're watching these people with umbrellas literally get dragged <laughs> down the road because of how bad the weather is. Um, and they wouldn't let you come inside because COVID. Uh, that is something to note as well. That Salem, and I'm assuming this is probably because it is so touristy during this time, but Salem, um, you have to wear masks. They are very strict on like capacity levels and things like that. And I think it's because if they weren't, they wouldn't be able to operate yeah. this. Yeah. So we waited outside. Um, I didn't really know what we were getting into as far as this theater thing. No, because when we booked these tickets, there wasn't a whole lot of like information. No, so we were it, walking in a little blind. Yeah, it just said go to the show. So we walked in and it was like 
really cool actually the way everything was set up it was like this whole theater presentation it was like a yeah and then this guy walks in and he's like i'm gonna be performing for you tonight just so, him <laughs> like he one man show so i'm thinking about it and i'm like okay how is this one guy like he's just got to be sitting in this rocking chair telling a story because there's no way this one mm. guy is gonna you know so he like disappears behind stage and then like the voice of god comes on and starts talking about like stories and stuff and like i don't remember what his first i think his first entrance was like a bird it was no it was that like creepy like red eyed oh, right. thing cuz i was like oh no 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 i'm pretty sure i like he, they're like oh don't talk i'm pretty sure i said something cuz i was like what is this yeah so like all the lights turn off and like these red eyes come out and he's like in this monster suit and like the lights turn on and he's like a monster and then they shut off and he like runs away and then he comes back later as, like, a bird at one time, and then another time... Like an comes, old man, or an old yeah. woman, yeah. And, like, and then one time he was a ghost, like, I felt like it was, it was fun, it was entertaining. I Well, and it was, I, like, I it was, like, a 3D one, because they used, like, the air, and things dropped from the ceiling, and there was, like, bubbles at one point, because, like, the <laughs> lights went off, and the lights came on, and there was bubbles, and I was like, what is this? And then I thought I had stained my hand, because I was like, it wouldn't, anyway... <laughs> So he literally played the whole entire, it was probably like, what, 15, 20 minutes yeah, show? Yeah. Um, it was interesting. He, the story lost me a little bit because it jumped yeah. everywhere. Like, it was not, like, a straightforward story. Yeah. I get with the point that they were trying to make. Um, it basically was trying to, like, gear you up for, like, the ghosts and the legends of Salem. Like, what the people here have been afraid of and what, like, right. you know. So after this, we got off and got on a trolley tour and if you've ever been on, like, a ghost trolley tour before, because I know a lot of cities do do them, we did one in Ireland, um, it's kind of a comedy show. Like, they're dressed up as, like, a ghost, mm -hmm. and they talk about all the ghost stories, you know, around the area, and they drive you around and show you, and then they just kind of, like, make fun of everything at the same yeah. time. So it's, like, it's a good, like, it's good for kids. There was, was one little girl one. on our trolley yeah. that he kept picking on, which was, like, she was having a good time. But, um... The bad part was it was totally storming, so when we were driving by all these places, we did not see any of them. Yeah, so it was nice to be out of the rain, but at the same time, it was storming, so the windows were foggy. We couldn't see anything, but that's okay because we had basically at that point walked everywhere in Salem, so we really didn't care too much about seeing the place. It was the history that we got because, yeah. I mean, he did share quite a bit of history with us that like I wasn't aware of. Once again, like I said, some of the things overlapped, but we did learn a lot that we weren't aware of. Yeah, um, one thing that I, I learned was they actually hung two dogs during the Salem Witch Trials because they thought they were possessed by, um, you know, witch magic. Yep. So that was something that we didn't learn on any of the other tours. Well, and the trolley also took us to Winter Island and Dead yeah. Horse Beach, which we did not walk to. Right. Um, and we learned that there's a campground there. So if yeah. you're into camping, want to come to Salem, there is a campground pretty close right. by. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Like, I think it was just fun to, you know, like... Yeah, it and it lightened up the mood just, you know, being in this really crappy weather. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of, like, funny little puns and things like that, yeah. so... So we got done with our trolley, and then we headed to Turner's Seafood to eat dinner. Um, they closed at 9, and our reservation was for 9, but it's okay, because we still got to go. Um, yeah, how it works is they book their last reservations at 9. If you have a reservation at 9, they will continue serving you but once nine o'clock hits like nobody else is allowed to come in Wait, and it actually worked out really well because it was so such bad weather literally nobody was walking around like nothing was going on so we got in and we ate um the food was pretty good 
Um, the ambiance was pretty good. Yeah, um, definitely had a classier vibe. Didn't see any ghosts, which I was pretty bummed about. Yeah, that was a bummer. Um, I also just want to say Lyceum Hall is the air, or the um, location where Alexander Bell made the first telephone call um, and oh demonstrated my. to the public. It's not the first telephone call, telephone call, but it's where he demonstrated the telephone to the public. Right. So, so once again, a lot of history that doesn't history. even have to do with, with the Salem witch mm-hmm. trials. It just... Yeah. So we finished at our time in Salem. Um, we got up the next morning and we headed back to Boston. Um, we did extend our car rental mm-hmm. um, to spend more time in Boston. So when we got back to Boston... Um, we found a parking garage and parked. It was by Boston Common, which yeah. is the park in Boston. And we went and walked around Beacon Hill, which mm-hmm. is like the classier part of Boston. Um, and we had lunch at Paramount Cafe. Yeah. Super good. It was good. super cute. Really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to say, we stopped for Kane's Donuts on the way from Salem to Boston. We did. And that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, big, so, yeah. Like, really big, thick Really, donuts. yeah. You only need one, um... Yeah, it was just, it was really good. The iced coffee was really good, too. Yeah. So, yeah, we ate lunch, and then we walked to Acorn Street, which, um, if you've ever been to Boston, you know that Acorn Street is the most photographed street in America. Which I did um, not know this. Shelby told me. Yeah, so I was, like, pretty excited for it. Yeah. I was, like, I mean, ev- literally everywhere in Boston and Salem is gorgeous. I mean, so picturesque, like, amazing. And then we turned the corner to Acorn Street. And I was, like, this is it. It was so disappointing. It was, I don't know, I just feel like there's prettier streets no, in Boston. No, I'm just, it was disappointing. Like, there's prettier streets in Boston than that. Oh, yeah. Well, like, even by our hotel, like, all those, like, brick buildings mm-hmm. where our hotel. Like, like little townhouses? Yeah, yeah, that was adorable. Yeah. And then I see this Acorn Street, there's a, a white van chilling in the middle of it. The road is literally, like, giant rocks, which, I mean, that's cute, but then it's just, like, brick wall i'm like i don't understand i I think maybe if it was deck i don't know maybe we caught on a bad day i need to go on instagram and see what people have posted versus what i saw because i can't i i could not fathom how this was a Mm -hmm. memorable street so i'm gonna have Mm -hmm. to do that yeah i mean it was cool if you're in the area like we didn't have to go out of our way that much to see it It was like a four minute walk from where we ate ate lunch um but i was like yeah i've seen there was prettier streets in boston for sure anyway so when we got done with that, we went to we basically walked legit all over Boston because we were yeah, trying we to find a bathroom and then we were like, oh, let's go to the Prudential Center, which had like a nice mall in it, and then we're like, we walked everywhere. Yeah. But it was cool. We got but to we see ended th- in a cemetery. We ended at the I'm gonna pronounce this wrong, um, Granari Cemetery, which is where John Hancock and Paul Revere are buried. Yeah, um, which Benj- is very cool. Benjamin Franklin's parents are also buried there. Um, it was really close to where we parked our car. Yeah. So we went and seen, um, that was a really cool cemetery to see. Yeah, um, very historical. There, once again, there's also, you know, little information areas around the cemetery where you can read a little bit more about all these famous people. And there's also, um, a map that shows you where each of them are buried. So you don't have to look through the 200 headstones that are there that you can't read mm-hmm. because they're so old. They're so old. And you can actually see, um, you know, where all these people were buried. So that yeah. was a really cool part of history and that just, I didn't expect to get. Right. And it just ended our spooky trip. It did. In it the cemetery. So that is, that's what we did. Um, I mean, it was a fabulous trip. Like, I. It was so much fun. Like, it was so much fun. I highly recommend if you, even if you are not in into the Salem Witch Trials, 
Boston or Salem has and Boston too, but Salem has so much history. Like there are so many houses there that are tagged like, oh, so-and-so lived here in 18, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Or there's like, I definitely underestimated the amount of history mm-hmm. that there is there. And I mean, even just the spooky history, like the Ropes Mansion, I didn't know that it had that. There's just like, like I said, I could have stayed there two or three more days right. and found something to do every single day. Um, I also want to say, too, some of the shops on the main strip, I was a little disappointed in, like, what the shops offered. Yeah, I would agree. So if you want more of, like, an authentic gift, um, I would say look at the shops um, kind of on the outskirts of town. Yeah, even by, like, the Hawthorne Hotel, there's mm-hmm. a couple sh- uh, shops right over there, and they have more authentic stuff. There was one shop where the guy literally did all of the artwork. That's on the t-shirts, that's on the towels, like everything. So that was really cool. There was another shop that just had a little bit more authentic things um, versus the main strip where yeah. it's a lot of touristy it stuff. It is a lot of touristy stuff. Um, I mean, it was cool. Like I did buy some stuff from one of the touristy shops, but like it's, you know, you, you feel free to explore and find those places. Don't feel like you have to stick to that one main drag. Um, Yeah, so I guess what other recommendations would you make based on our experience? Or anything you want to add? Well, I would say if you're just going to Salem for the history, I would definitely not go during October. Right. If you don't want super, super crowded areas, but you still want that spooky vibe, I would say go in September. But October is going to be the main month where you're going to be, you know, it's going to be busy. It's going to be a little crowded. You're going to have to book ahead of time. Um, There's definitely going to be more available versus any other month because pretty much everybody was saying, you know, all the people that lived there this is a ghost town once October's over. Like, right. nobody comes and visits here. So, yeah. I would definitely recommend, you know, depending on your experience, choose, you know, what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, and on that note, too, like, be nice to the people who live there. I mean, they yeah. really do thrive off the tourism, but, like, people can be jerks. And, like, mm-hmm. people do this for their livelihood. I mean, you have to imagine, like, they, like, the one lady, the shop owner, said at the Dog Biscuit place, November 1st, it's dead. Yeah. So they're not always used to having this many people there. So, I mean, we tried to be very patient and very nice with everybody that we came into contact with. Right. Um, also, I mean, park in a parking structure or at a meter. Don't park in somebody's uh, house driveway or, or yeah. house. And, you know, just be very conscious of where you are because this is a small town. They don't always get this much traffic. Um, another thing is I would definitely recommend touching up on your history if you want to come. Maybe, you know, the history of yeah, certain areas in Salem. Nathaniel Hawthorne's House of Seven Gables before you go there. You might know a little bit more than what we did. Yeah, definitely. I, I listened to a podcast about the Salem Witch Trials because um, I remember watching The Crucible in, like, high school and or middle school, which I don't even know if that's appropriate for school. But anyway. Um, yeah, we watched it too. Yeah, so I watched The Crucible, but I wanted to touch up. So I did listen to a podcast, which was kind of nice to get, like, you know, juices flowing again. Um, Because I, I just – I say this because some of the tours that we had weren't very, like – lucrative with information um it was very sometimes discombobulated so if you but they, they did fill in the cap gaps here and there mm-hmm. but like it's sometimes it's better if you go and you have a basis of knowledge, knowledge before you right. get there um then you can have better judgment on what you think is more accurate than others right <laughs> um i also want to point out like things like the peabody essex museum only open on the weekends mm-hmm. i don't know if that's because they just don't have enough people to work or what the situation is um so there are some things that are only open on the weekend, so just keep that in mind when you go. Um, and like you had said, Monday and Tuesday, sometimes businesses yeah. take their off days. So just, I have a suggestion. Yeah. Because we didn't talk about this. 
if you're big Hocus Pocus fans, just to let you know, Allison's house is right downtown. Um, and then obviously the town hall is another Hocus Pocus location. Um, but what I didn't know, and we kind of figured this out while we were on our trip, but, um, Max and Danny's house is actually not right in downtown Salem. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a drive. It's in Marblehead. Yeah. Which is like 20 minutes from downtown Salem. Yeah. And there's actually people who own that house and live in it. Supposedly they're really nice and they don't care that people, you know, come and take photos of it or take photos with the house. But just remember that it is a private residence. You can't just walk up on their front porch and take a photo. Um, so that's something to note. And then also the cemetery, I forget where that's located, but that's not right in Salem. Um, yeah, it's more like when you come in, it's the cemetery. It's one of the opening scenes where uh, Max gets his shoes taken from the two bullies. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's really nothing super notable there. It's no. just was filmed there. Um, and then the Salem Pioneer Village, which is uh, Thackeray yes. Binks' house. That is also only open on the weekends. Right. So, so we didn't get to see that We either. didn't get to see that. Um, that's a little more on the outskirts of Salem. So just Hocus Pocus fans, that's, you know, just make sure you, you plan your Yeah, and you can <laughs> take Hocus Pocus specific tours. We didn't, but you can. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, would you would you go back? Would you do it again? Yeah, I think I would go back. I mean, I would do, like I said, there were some things that I definitely would not do again. Um, you know, I've done it once. Right. But I think we could have stayed there longer and still seen so much history so many more things like yeah maybe it's not super touristy but i just felt like we still could have done more i agree and just having the spooky vibes during so october spooky. like nothing beats that um i think a lot of people like i remember when we were posting stuff like people were saying wow like i want to put this on my bucket list or oh this has been on my bucket mm -hmm. list and to say like we've done it like we actually did what was on our bucket list i just think is super like rewarding and i like totally want to encourage anybody to do what's on your bucket list even if it like seems like crazy you know what yeah. i mean not crazy but like going to salem on halloween like people think that's cool but how many people actually do it right you know yeah and I also want to say, too, Salem is a very friendly, inclusive place. Yes. So they're very LGBTQ friendly. Um, dog friendly. They're very dog friendly, <laughs> um, which I wasn't expecting a ton. I mean, there's a lot of, like, cities who are very progressive and they try to be really friendly. But this place, I feel like, is very, like, they make it known they're very friendly and very inclusive. Um which was really, like, I felt really welcomed there. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, nobody seemed annoyed that there were a bunch of tourists coming to their town. Because, like, I grew up in a small town in Granite. You know, you thrive off that tourism, but it's really, really exhausting. And so mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, people can lose their cool or they can get upset because, you know, you have people coming from out of state that are treating you poorly and you're like, okay, you know, like there just kind of is that give and take. And I don't know, everywhere we were at, I felt like everybody was pretty happy that people were there. And granted, they did say they were exhausted, but they were happy and nice. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, it was a 10 out of 10 trip for me. I don't know how it'll ever be topped, so I would definitely go back. I Stay would go tuned next year to see how we <laughs> Allie and Shelby top. try to top this Halloween experience. Yeah, um, I would definitely go back during the busy season. I just feel like that's like peak Salem. Um, but I think yeah. it would be interesting to see Salem in the summer and also see it in the winter, like during Christmas time. But yeah, yeah. the town hall's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. But yeah, so hopefully this inspires you to go um go explore fun yeah yeah like, go do something it was, fun it was a spooky fun. or not um like you said we'll see what we have for next year <laughs> exactly all right coming in for a landing bye bye